Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo Mabete on SAFM. 2054, we will start a conversation and certainly continue with it on the other side of the news break. But let's talk all things science, particularly proteins. Professor Amita Noor Mohammed, Assistant Professor of Physics at the University of Washington, as well as an affiliate investigator at the Fred Hutchinson Center Research, sorry, at the Fred Hutchinson Center for Research in Cancer. This is now Seattle on the west coast of the United States. Proteins, of course, are the machinery of life facilitating the key processes that drive living organisms. The physical arrangement of amino acids dictate how proteins fold and interact with the environment. Recent advances have increased the number of experimentally resolved or computationally predicted tertiary structures. However, with still a lack of practical understanding of how 3D structure determines the function of protein. This morning at UKZN's Nobel Symposia series, Professor Nur Mohammed um, gave a lecture that introduces physically motivated machine learning approaches to learn interpretable models of protein microenvironments. If you skipped your biology classes, this is probably a good time to listen. Prof Nur Mohammed, good evening. Thank you so much. Welcome to SAFM. Yeah, good evening. It's my pleasure. Talk to us, please, about proteins. I think I'm not going to ask too many questions yet because I might get myself twisted. I'd much rather be a student in your class. So the more you talk, I'll probably get a sense of the appropriate question that I think I should ask. Let's talk very briefly about proteins and their importance to our society, but especially to our bodies. Yeah, so as you correctly said, proteins are the machinery of life. They do everything in our body. And they are encoded in our genome. So we have a DNA. So there's a sequence of nucleotides. So reminding you of your biology classes. So we have a DNA that deoxyribose nucleic acid. Hmm. Sorry, what? Deoxyribose nucleic acid. Nucleic acid, yes, DNA. Exactly. I remember that. Right. And so this DNA gets translated. Uh, so it's a code. So it gets translated, gets decoded to something called amino acids. So it's a slightly different unit that then are building blocks of proteins. Usually uh, we have amino acids as a sequence of letters. So we have 20 different types of amino acids. You might have heard about them in diets, right? And um, when we have a sequence of amino acids in the body, it actually folds into a functional three-dimensional um, entity which is protein now these proteins have different shapes they have different properties and so they can do different functions and um yeah so this is something i'm interested in how protein function comes about what determines what proteins do uh, in our body and can we uh, use computational models to actually predict that that's what um my group is these days working on when you talk about computational models, do you want to break that down so that we can get a base understanding? I'm hoping it means what I think it is because I do want to talk about how science, technology, AI, and the like, from a health perspective, certainly can help us advance the necessary research to be able to, for us to better care for our, our bodies. Or if the body is unable to do that, we can use this computational aspect of it to engage health. So um, there are 
many different laboratories in the world working on proteins and so many different disciplines. A lot of them do experiments. So you can be a biochemist, you can be a crystallographer that looks and try to crystallize a protein and many, many different disciplines. And so one discipline of these groups is to use computers to actually figure out something about proteins. And that's what I do. I'm a theorist. I'm a theoretical physicist. And so the best I can do that is not pen and paper is using computer code to figure something out. And these days, probably you have heard about machine learning and Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, which was also the topic of the Nobel Symposium we were at last week. Yes. So these techniques have advanced uh, protein science drastically. So one mention of that is this uh, AlphaFold. I don't know if your um, listeners have heard about AlphaFold the past uh, two years. So there has been a big challenge in protein science over the past 50 years to go from sequence of amino acids to a three-dimensional shape of protein. So folding up, this is called the protein folding challenge. And a lot of very smart people have been trying to do that for a very long time. And, you know, there has been advances, but nothing so you know, revolutionary, so uh-huh. to speak. But then in 2018, AlphaFold uh, from DeepMind in London, they came up with this algorithm that's a machine learning or artificial intelligence-based algorithm to fold proteins. And so that was a huge step in the field. So now for many proteins, you can give me a sequence of letters and I can use AlphaFold and tell you what the resulting protein looks like. Fantastic. Now the question we are interested in, yeah, so this is this is pretty amazing. Tell us now about the, the question you are interested in, please, but hold the thought for now. We have to take a news break now, but when you're talking about sure. the questions you are interested in, I am do hoping that we can engage this in a little more user-friendly so that our listeners can participate. I do get the sense that it's somewhat a little too technical, and I'd please, I'd please request that you engage the the the... The, the, the terms used so that we can just bring more people into the room. We'll, of course, continue after the ad break. 21 hours is now the time. Professor Armita Nur Mohammed, Assistant Professor of Physics at the University of Washington. We're talking all things proteins and how computational learning can advance that particular aspect. of The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. On the viewpoint. Thank you so much, Mutupi Makhalimeli. I heard a story from Lesejo that um, the guy who sits on this chair before me, Taviso Mosi, I never knew your real name. He kept thinking because every time you read the news, you will sign off by saying, That was the news, Kimudupi Makhalimeli. He thought your name was Kimudupi. <laughs> That's such a weak joke, but I mean, it was funny when Lesejo told it. Um, anyway, I'm just saying. Mudupi, thank you so much for your patience in that regard. Um, and I'll be sure to correct Tabiso Mosia from thinking that your name is Gimudupi. Yeah, ne? Anyway, we continue the conversation 2108. It's the new hour, 21 hours. We are one hour in and one hour to go. We continue the conversation from the previous segment. 
Professor Armita Nur Mohammed, Assistant Professor of Physics at the University of Washington. We're talking about, in this innovation segment, learning the shape of the protein universe. Of course, there are many research focus areas around this, but right now, for present purposes, we are engaged in computational learning around proteins and how 3D structures determine the function of protein and the opportunities that this universe presents in the advancement of science. And Professor Nur Mohammed is back with us. Prof, thank you so much for your patience and holding on. You had one or two things that you wished to say because there's an interesting research area that your work is taking you to. Do you want to carry on from there, please? Yeah, yeah, uh, my pleasure. So as I mentioned, there has been a lot of breakthrough um, with computers to figure something out about proteins. Now, what we are doing is using also computers to now try to infer the function of proteins. And so why is that important? So we have millions of protein in every single cell of our body. And so they do incredible things. They digest stuff, they process stuff for us. And so we can now leverage these proteins in our body to maybe build therapies, right? So design new drugs, design new um, new antigens or pathogens that we can use to vaccinate people to get the right immune response, right? Uh, so these are called immunogens. So things that you can use for a therapy, you can use it for cancer immunotherapy. So that's a big field. So all of these things is sort of relying on understanding how proteins function. And so that's the one of the objectives of my lab these days and using computational, computational methods to do that. And the reason computers are very powerful in doing so is that humans, you know, we have limited ability to parse through data, but computers can parse through a lot of data at the same time and learn about patterns that are in the data that can give us some informative signal. And so that's what we are after. How would one define a protein? What is a protein? Protein is a, is a molecule, it's a well-defined molecule, actually. So as I mentioned, there, is the, there are these amino acids. So there are a bunch of atoms, different types of atoms, and they come together and then you, sh you form a protein out of it. So the fold basically comes through the interactions of these different atoms and they self-organize, in a sense, in our body uh, very quickly. They form a three-dimensional object that, that is the protein. So, um, yeah, so that's the protein. And the they are arranged in such a way as that they are unique for every individual because these are the basis of body structure, of skin, of hair, of, of so, everything that is a characteristic to me. It is because of my protein makeup is fundamentally different to that of the next person. So this is not entirely, I mean, there's something to it. So... You and I make probably very similar proteins. So the machines that we make, the molecules that we make, they are very similar to each other. The reason that maybe our skin is different or our eye color is different or hair or height or various things. So these proteins, although they're the same, they're produced with different amounts in different cells. Even you compare your liver cell with a brain cell, they basically have identical protein they can produce identical proteins it's just in different quantities and so how 
these amounts of protein are regulated would determine the function of that particular cell, the particular organism, and the differences among organisms. So that's even a higher level. So once you understand one protein function, you want to understand how different proteins interact with each other and how they're regulated to, to produce a specific function for a cell, distinguished from a, a brain cell from a muscle cell, for example. So that's even a higher level. And uh, I think we can also get there, absolutely. Well, let, let, let's try. Let, let's, first of all, though, let, let's talk about the computational aspect, the computational learning, computational research, which is where your field of interest really does lie, and perhaps try and establish the link, if any, does exist or where the research is leading to in terms of how the work that you're doing using computers and the data that you would be engaging, how perhaps national governments or research centers can make and, and, and create relationships with the healthcare space because we do know that now we are in this world where big data is giving us a lot of opportunity to maximize human development. From a health perspective, what are some of the things that we can look forward to or are already dealing with? Yeah, absolutely. So on the health aspect of that, right, for example, let's take a specific example of immune system. I take it because I know a bit more about that than other sure. things. Um, yeah, so let's say I can, uh, I can monitor the immune system in your body, the immune receptors that you have, the antibodies, all of these are proteins. So that's my motivation to actually understand what, how proteins function. So um, to try to understand, let's say, how your immune system functions, I need to get an understanding of how these molecules interact with each other and how they interact with pathogens that would infect you. And so for that, you can do a small experiment for a specific two molecules making them interact, or you can, uh, or you can use a lot of data to learn some computational models. And for that, you need large computers, large computational powers, and so governments, universities could offer these services to healthcare. And so scientists at universities could build this, could develop these types of models in conjunction with people in healthcare industry so that they you know, collaborate with each other and they have a feedback and conversation with each other. So your research output directly impacts what's happening um, uh, in the hospital and vice versa. So we understand what you know, people in the hospital need to do further research in there. So this is certainly a conversation that is already happening uh, in many universities, uh, but of course it can be strengthened. It certainly can. We'll leave it there for now. Thank you so much for your time, Professor Armita Nur Mohammed. We certainly do engage on a variety of issues, and this biology stroke science lesson is no less important than the many others that we have had, and we certainly do appreciate that. Learning the shape of the protein universe, that was a snapshot of the work of Professor Noor Mohammed. Well, the time is 21.16. After the ad break, we go into another conversation with Ms. Ziandam Pagama, mother of two adopted girls, and Ms. Nadine Grubham, Operations Director at Door of Hope Children's Mission. Well, you probably would have guessed it. We're talking about foster care and adoption. This is a health story, and we are talking about engaging something a 
very, very nuanced conversation which is replete with cultural dynamics and perhaps many prejudices that might come along. But if I do say to you there are some 5.4 million children living in institutions around the world, it certainly should be enough to get your attention and have you participating. After the break, child adoption, child welfare.